Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas's ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is time for Wolfing Down Your Lunch on a Thursday. I've been told Thursday is the most productive day of the week. Yes, it is. All right, so here's Aaron Maloney. Aaron? So the Phoenix Suns are getting ready to host the Nets tonight, and help is on the way as Cam Johnson is expected to return to the court. Here's Suns GM James Jones from Burns and Gambo yesterday. He's excited, man. He's been really, really anxious to, to get back out there. You know, the last week has been emotionally tough for him because he's he's ready to play and but he still has some boxes to check uh, so i know for from a, a player perspective from a team perspective you know his energy the juice that he's going to bring to the locker room is going to be absolutely amazing and we look forward to getting him uh integrated because uh as, as we get healthy we can start to get whole again and, and hopefully get back to where we were before his injury what are your expectations tonight for Cam Johnson? Well, that, Who are you becoming, that, Cam Johnson? Oh, no. That's what it's all about, right? The expectations for this team are going to start to shift, and it's like it's time to wake up. I, I'm not saying specifically for tonight, but the whole, oh, yeah, we've lost 17 of 22, but who cares? All our players are out. Like, you're going to care at the end of the season. That starts to change. For tonight, I just want to see Cam play as much as he's going to play, look comfortable, hit a few yeah. shots that nobody else on this team that's active right now can hit, and then come out of the game feeling good and start to build on this. For me, it's not the what, it's the how for Cam Johnson tonight. It's not the what he does tonight, it's the how he does it. Yeah, you know, would it be great if he came in and he was 7-11 from beyond the arc, scored Pick up right points. where he left be off. fantastic. Got no problem <laughs> if that's what you want to do, Cam. But for me, more than anything else, it's, I want to see him move. I want to see him move with authority. I want to see him move as a guy that is completely over any concept of an injury, whether it's physical or mental. I want to see him go out and play with authority. That's what I want to see. As the NBA trade deadline inches closer, James Jones also addressed what he says to those questioning him not making a trade yet. I just said we haven't made we haven't made a deal. You know, we haven't found a deal that that works. And when we do, we'll do it. So are there dates when trade talks pick up? No, I think you I mean, I think all the last few days, I'd say the last couple days before the trade deadline, you probably get more incoming from teams that want to do something. But I can tell you from, you know, December 15th, January 15th until the trade deadline, teams are having conversations all the time. Do you think he said January 15th on purpose? There's always the conspiracy Wait, theorist. Huh? And, uh, yeah. No, but. Now that you mentioned it. On a serious note, or where is that button? Where is that button, guys? Um, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Mal. You have the panic button over there. I right? don't have a panic no, button. Wolf has it. Oh, yeah. Okay, Where's yours, ahead. Luke? Mine, I panicked and left it in the car today. Well, <laughs> that can't do anything no, in the car. it really can't. But what do you guys think the trade deadline <laughs> will look Pick like for the Phoenix Suns? Um, I think. <laughs> I'm starting to think it's just going to be a Jay Crowder trade. I think a lot that may play into it, it's three weeks from today, is how healthy they get. Is Cam Johnson, and, and you know, Chris Paul's not playing tonight. He's been ruled out, but he was he was questionable for tonight yesterday. So that leads you to believe that, you know, you figure he's going to be back soon. 
Um, obviously, you have to trade Jay Crowder. But beyond that, I, I don't know that they're going to do anything too big. Now, the thing about Jay, and Kellen brought this up yesterday, and both you and I talked about this before the season started. He's a tough guy to trade because you're probably trading him to another contender. So when you want a piece back that's going to help you in the second half of the season, that other contender doesn't want to give you that piece because they need it. Yeah. You're not trading him to the Spurs or somebody who's out of it. This is going to be fascinating to watch. It really is because you know the way I feel right now. I, I feel like DeAndre Ayton is a guy they're going to move before the trade deadline. That's just my gut feeling right now. Um, there will be teams that want him. There are going to be teams that are going to line up for DeAndre Ayton thinking they can fix DA. I do expect something to happen, and I I don't know how else to say it, but the gut feeling on this, just knowing some of the things that have been said about DA, it brings me back to Matt Ishbia and the fact he is going to take over at some point in time. Isn't that right, Brian Windhorst? And if that happens, I just think he's gone. And I think that trade is coming before the deadline. And I think that's what he's holding out for more than anything else. You're going to be the first person I text if DA really gets traded in the next three weeks because you've been on it. Our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, what do you think is more likely for the Suns, finishing in a top six spot or finishing in a spot outside the top ten? I saw this this uh, question this morning. This this one's intense. I, I'm still going to say top six. I don't want that to come off as like the Homer arrogant, oh, yeah, you know the Suns are so great that they'll just make up all these games and everybody gets healthy because, again, guys may come back and not stay healthy, but I, I still think it's more likely that they get, like, sixth than 12th. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I do I do think that they're going to be in. I think they the sixth seed is a real possibility. You're still only a game and a half out of sixth right now. Like nobody's I, I, run I with know, it. I know. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It, it just feels like, yeah, get, getting in the top six is a real possibility to me. Right now, um, can I tell you, I honestly don't care. Because if they get in at all, good. You got to win a playing game. You got to do that, bud. That's what you got to do. Well, Go do it. If yeah. you want to do it the hard way, as opposed to actually being the number one seed, I got no problem with that. Do it the hard I way. I would say the play in's probably the most likely spot right now because Golden State's not even in the top six spot, but the question was either in or out, right? No play in. <laughs> right. So yeah. 53%, guys, say finishing in a top six spot. 47% say finishing in a spot outside the top 10. The Cardinals have reportedly requested to interview Detroit Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn for Arizona's head coaching vacancy. Would you guys like to see this? Yes. Yeah, I'd love yeah, to see I it. mean, I don't have anything against Aaron Glenn. I like the clip we played earlier. I mean, he, he came off really intelligently and, and um, just that sort of that Detroit mentality that started to click for that team in the second half of the season. He, yeah, I just, I, I still sort of lean towards wanting a guy that's been a head coach before just for the Cardinals, but I, I grant you that if you if you go down that path with that sort of restriction on it, you may miss out on a better head coaching candidate. Yeah, I would be okay with Aaron Glenn. Um, I will say once again, I agree with Luke 100% on this. I would rather have a guy that already has head coaching experience, like a Vance Joseph. I'd rather go that way. A Brian Flores, I'd rather go with those two guys to me. That's where I'd like to go. Somebody that has already experienced what it's like to be a head coach in the National Football League as opposed to a first-timer. But Aaron Glenn and the culture he would bring, man, 
I'm not going to lie. I'd like to see it. ASU basketball has a huge game tonight as they gear up to face UCLA and a chance to be tied atop the Pac-12. Here's Bobby Hurley from Bickley and Murata on Tuesday. Well, I mean, hey, they defend, first of all. I mean, you could talk about individual players, but Nick Cronin gets after them to play defense, to play that end of the floor extremely hard. They, they're they uh, forcing their opponents into 17 turnovers a game, which is uh, a really good number uh, in terms of creating turnovers. So rock solid defensively, and then... Uh, you know, when you watch guys like uh, Hawkes and, and Tiger Campbell play, you just got a lot of respect for how they play the game. Uh, Hawkes just plays so hard. Uh, you know, he's so impactful at both ends of the floor. And then him and Campbell really, you can tell they played a while together. They really play off each other very well. So it's, uh, you know, it's a team that you touch on that have a number of guys that have played a lot of basketball together. So they're a very, uh, very close-knit team that, that understands and knows how to win. How big is this matchup tonight? I, I mean, it's it's the biggest one ASU's had in a while. I know it's not U of A, but you have a chance. This is a crossroads in your season, and it's not like your season's over if you lose it, but this is a chance to really get into the national conversation and then see how you respond to that attention if you, you know, after this game, if you're able to beat UCLA Wolfside. This is this is a huge one, and it's, it's on your home court, too. You said it earlier, and I agree with you. It is a still point moment in this season. Now, is there a season over if they lose this game? No, not by any stretch of the imagination, but if they win this game, the upside right now is real. Oh my goodness. First place in the Pac-12. It is real. This is going to be a game that is going to be decided, I think, on the defensive end of the floor, and I think that bodes well for Bobby Hurley and ASU, and especially because they're playing at home, we'll see what happens, but yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm feeling an upset tonight. This is the sort of game that if you win it, you don't worry about Selection Sunday as much. Now, if you win it and then you follow it up with four losses, but this team doesn't seem built that way. They seem built to respond to a loss and to not string too many uh, of those together. But, it, you know, you hit another level if you win this game tonight. That, whatever that is, it's about a 300-yard stretch in Tempe tonight is going to be great because you got Alex Ovechkin, who you only see here once a year, is chasing Wayne Gretzky playing at Mullet Arena at 7. And then you've got this game, this ASU-UCLA game, seriously like 150. 50 yards southwest in the parking lot starting at 8.30. All right, that was Wolfen Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. As always, when we come back, Cam Johnson is back in the Suns lineup tonight. So is this the help this team needs? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns Day presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, Suns and Brooklyn tonight from the Footprint Center. I said this at the start of the show, Wolf. Got everything in the Valley tonight. You've got the the Suns against the Nets. No Kevin Durant, no Chris Paul, but Cam Johnson is back. You've got the ASU game. You've got the Coyotes against Alex Ovechkin and the Capitals. But the the Suns tonight are in a position where we were just talking where they are in the standings. Like You, you need a win here, and you need a few of these. And getting Cam Johnson back gives you a better chance to start doing that. But it also signifies that the expectations are about to be raised for this team again. Yeah. Uh, when you get Devin Booker back, they'll obviously go up considerably. When you get Chris Paul back, they're going to go up. I know there's a portion of the fan base that has just kind of been like, yeah, big deal. It's the regular season. And, and you know, I was with you for eight, nine, ten games. But now when you're, you've played a quarter of the season, you've been basically the worst team in the NBA for the last 22 games, one of the two or three worst. 
it's time to start winning again here. We're, we're, this is not it's not mid November. We're in the mid January. Yeah, you know when the season started, of course, uh, eight games they had their five starters out of the floor, and they were what was it six and one because of the eighth game that Cam Johnson actually played in. He only played five minutes. Yeah, I mean they they did lose that game, that eighth game, but the games that Cam Johnson played this season, they yeah. were six and one, and the one was the overtime loss to Portland. Right, um, and then sixteen and seven for the most part, even though they had starters that did miss uh, some time in those first 23 games, they came out and they were the number one seed in the Western Conference. And I want to see them once again. I want to see a sample size of 20 games. I'd love to see that. 20 games where they got all five guys out on the floor. But I don't know if that's going to happen because I I honestly think at some point in time, DA is going to get moved. That's my gut feeling. I could be dead wrong. Well, and probably, probably, am. <laughs> probably. Are. But either way, though, if they did that, whoever they got back would be a part. I mean, that that's going to be your starting lineup in the playoffs anyway. So uh, your point is still uh, well taken. And, and with Cam in particular, like you ask, what do you want to see from him tonight? For me, it is. It's not about tonight so much as the fact that the Suns have 37 games left this regular season. I mean, I'd like to see Cam play in, I don't know, 37 of those 37 games. And and maybe that's not realistic. Maybe he has to miss two or three here or there. But in terms of of value in a regular season game to the individual over the team, it's not even close between Cam and the other guys that are out. Campaign, he kind of is what he is at this point. But Cam Johnson is the guy with the upside. Chris Paul is who he is. Devin Booker doesn't need the regular season at all. If you told me the team kept winning and they were just fine and they were going to be in a top six spot and Devin Booker was coming back in mid-March, I like watching Devin Booker play basketball, but I, I, I could live with that. Booker will be fine when the playoffs start. Cam Johnson will be fine, but he needs to be like better than he's been before because that's how this team is now constructed. Yeah. Cam Johnson, at the start of the season, we were all looking at him like, is he going to be okay? Are you going to be all right, Cam? Because we all know Jay Crowder right now and the Jay Crowder situation and the fact that he's sitting out and he was the starter and now they made you the starter. Are you going to be okay? And we really just got a very small, small sample size of Cam Johnson in the starting five. And you feel so disconnected from the beginning of the season right now because of all the injuries that have happened to the Phoenix Suns. So I cannot wait. This is a step to me in the right direction. This is the first step. Now, would you like to see Cam Johnson go out there and play well tonight? Of course. I want to see him just move and be confident in his movement. Whether he's moving his feet on the defensive end of the floor or he's taking the ball to the rack on the offensive end of the floor, I want to see him move with certitude and confidence. And if that is what he does all game long, I really don't care how many points he scores. I just want to see him get through the game and do it with confidence. Here's uh, Mikel Bridges from Shoot Around Today talking about the impact Cam Johnson's return will have on him. I mean, it's great. Uh, just selfishly, um, it's just it's easier for me every time out there with Cam. We just know how each other plays. So it's just always fun in that aspect. But for him, just happy for him, you know, just mentally. And, you know, he's been out for a while, and I know he's excited. So um, I'm just more excited for him to be out there and just get that feel again. I mean, in theory, you should be starting to hedge toward what Mikel Bridges was just alluding to of you're going to start to see guys back in their roles. 
right? I mean, we've seen Mikel Bridges this season. Okay, yeah, you're one of the best defensive players in the league. Maybe you should have won Defensive Player of the Year last year. And you give us, you know, 10, 12 points a night, but everybody's hurt. So can you give us 28 points a night in addition to doing everything you're doing while guarding the other team's best player? It, it, the, the few times he did it, they won, but you can't ask him consistently to do it. I think we've yeah. seen that now over the last month and a half. But if we're going to get back to the point where you're asking Mikel Bridges to do what Mikel Bridges does, yeah. he's one of the best in the world at it. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Mikel, can you also get in DA's face from time to time? He did that, <laughs> and it got ugly. <laughs> so I don't know that we need to I, see that again. Yeah, I don't know if we need to see that as well. But we do need to see the Phoenix Suns. And this is a step in that direction, once again, to actually see the Suns. Is it, is it an excuse to say all these injuries have decimated the season for the Phoenix Suns? I don't think it is. Because when you've had the amount of injuries they have, it becomes a reason why you're seeing the Suns struggle to the degree in which they have. It becomes a reason, not an excuse. It's an excuse if these guys start to come back and you don't really get that much better. You know what I mean? It's an excuse if you get healthy in the next two weeks and you finish the season four games above do you, do 500 and bow out. Happening? I mean, no, honestly, I don't. You, you could. You could look at it and say, well, yeah, you know what? Chris Paul has not really looked like Chris Paul, um, Devin Booker. Well, okay, we'll we'll not talk about. He was fun. Book. He, he was, was <laughs> he was like fringe MVP candidate he was, before he got. He hurt. was awesome. Book was awesome. Yeah, he sounded like the old Chris Farley. <laughs> that was awesome. Was, hey, remember that time? Remember you scored fifty eight against the Pelicans? That was awesome. <laughs> we guys, yeah. Okay. Uh, look, this team's going to be measured by what they do in the playoffs. So, what their record's going to be the rest of the regular season? We got thirty seven games left. You still don't have Booker or Paul back. Cam Johnson's just now coming back. <laughs> Would it really, is it that inconceivable that they went like 21 and 16 the rest of the way, 22 and 15? I mean, that 23 and 14, you don't have Booker back yet. So there's a, a decent chance you finish fifth or sixth or seventh or eighth in the Western Conference, but you got to get back in there. And then if you're in that playing tournament, you know, that's the way, those are the breaks. You better win your way out of it because this should still be, when everybody's at full strength, this should be one of the what, four best teams in the West? Three or yeah. four best teams? You figure Denver, Memphis, New Orleans, Golden State have earned the right to be up there too, but the Suns should be right there in that mix with those four. The way that it's kind of shaping up right now, can you imagine if you got Devin Booker, you get him back at some point in time, you've got Chris Paul as well, and who knows when that's going to be, although he was rumored to actually be ready to go today, that is not going to happen. Chris Paul is out. But when the Suns get healthy again, I don't know if you want to play the Suns in the postseason because I think they're going to have just enough time to build that chemistry once again. They could be a really, really tough out in the postseason. I agree. I th- now you're in the spot where you are being the overlooked team in the yes. Western Conference. But those four teams I just rattled off, Denver, Memphis, New Orleans, Golden State, there's a pretty good chance those will be the top four teams. Unless guys get healthy quick for the Suns and you really do rattle off like 11 straight wins, which they could do. But otherwise, you're probably going to be playing one of those top four teams in the first round, assuming you're not in the play-in. Yeah, and nobody's going to be looking at the Suns going, oh, it's the Phoenix Suns. Nobody's going to be looking well, at them that way. It works both ways, right? If you're if you're Denver and you've had the best record all year and you get the Suns in the first round, that's not great. I, I don't see the Suns just ripping. But how many games? Twenty seven. You said they have thirty seven left. Thirty seven left. Yeah, 
Okay, I, I don't see the Suns winning 30 of those games. You know what I mean? I no, like they did last year, yeah. okay? Even when they do get healthy, I'm saying. Even when they, I, I don't see the Suns looking like that. This is a different team right now. Yet at the same time, I will say this. I would not want to play them if they get into the postseason because they could be a nightmare if, in fact, they're peaking at the right time. If, if, so if I set the over-under at 23 wins in these last 37 games... You take the over or the under because it's tough because Booker and Paul aren't back yet. And Cam Johnson, like, I get it. He's back tonight. But when is he going to be really back? Probably this weekend. You know what I mean? He's going to yeah. play tonight. I don't know, what, 20 minutes tonight? So, like, 23 and 14, that would finish you at, what, 44 and 38 on the season? Yeah. I mean, that's going to put you right there around the play in tournament. Look, you're throwing a bunch of numbers out there right now. <laughs> the number that's killing me is that my math is so bad. I had 27 as opposed to 37. <laughs> Okay. Well, the good hey. news is they have 10 additional games. You know, the to math thing, Basinonians, once again, it's just problem. Words, no problem. Numbers, big problem. That rarely ever comes up. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Like Noah from Peoria who texted in, if the Cardinals are smart, they'll be the last ones to interview Sean Payton so they know what everyone's offering. So, <laughs> along those lines, when we come back, are the Cardinals quietly bowing out of the Sean Payton sweepstakes. We'll discuss that. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Cardinals head coaching search. Update. 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 Alright, we can add Aaron Glenn to the mix in terms of... Uh, Guys, the Cardinals are looking at for their next head coach. D'Amico Ryans is set to interview, sounded like this week, according to Tom Pelissero. So, I mean, they are expected to interview with the Colts and Cardinals this week, according to Tom Pelissero. So D'Amico Ryans is going to get a look. So by my count, we are up to seven names, Wolf, five of them. Of the defensive mindedness, right? Yeah. Aaron Glenn, Vance Joseph, Ajiro Evero, uh, Brian Flores, D'Amico Ryans, and then on the offensive side of things, Frank Reich, and then that seventh name, Sean Payton, that we really haven't heard anything about all week. I really love Sean Payton. I really did. I wanted to see Sean Payton because I love the dude. I think um, he's got rare abilities uh, as a. Head coach, of course, and also as a general manager, I thought that's what he was going to get, but that was not the case. I, I, I will tell you, Basinonians, that I had my heart set on that, but I do love the hire of Monty Ford because I relate so much better to his mentality than I do with Peyton. Because Peyton's more of a finesse guy than he is a in-your-face guy. And I think Monty Ossenfort is an in-your-face guy. I just realized, for all those years, we're, one year, we played waiting on Aiton. Now we need to be playing waiting on Peyton. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> How long do we have to wait on Did you on get that Sean from Payton? command and control, or did you just think about no, that? No, she's busy doing important okay, things. Yeah. I'm over here rhyming words that are written right in front of me. Um, the update on Sean Payton, and this really isn't a Cardinals update, but this is Ian Rappaport from NFL Now yesterday. His second interview this week, Houston Texans were on Monday, Denver Broncos in Los Angeles for multiple hours. Uh, that happened yesterday. Then he's got the Carolina Panthers in New York with owner Dave Tepper later this week. And as of right now, that is it for Sean Payton, Mike. And the Arizona Cardinals also have a request in. They've received permission. All of these teams, it seems, are willing to meet these Saints asking 
Irving Price, which is a first rounder and likely more. So they are in business and they are ready to do the deal if they, in fact, end up doing the deal. Now, look, depending what you believe, the Cardinals have already kind of heard Sean Payton's asking price, not the Saints. There's two asking prices here, right? You gotta, right. What do you got to give the Saints in terms of assets? What do you got to pay Sean Payton if he wants 20 or north of $20 million a year, as some people have suggested? Ain't no but $25 million. <laughs> What does the Super Bowl cost, yeah. Luke? Hey, hey, it's not my money. I would 100% spend it. Look, this goes... Man. You have to go all in if you're going to go all in. So if if the hesitation on Peyton, if there really is one, and I go back to what uh, our, our listener, was it Noah, that, that wrote in on the FanDuel text line about uh, if they're smart, they'll be the last ones to interview Sean Peyton. There's some truth to that. I'm just kind of getting the sense, and maybe this is me connecting dots that don't need to be connected, that like if it were me and I really wanted Sean Payton, yeah. I would have that last interview scheduled. It would be, hey, the Cardinals are meeting with Sean Payton next yeah, week. That'd be so, the way to do it. So you guys can all do your interviews, and that's great. We're confident enough that, that you're not going to be able to win him over because he knows he has an interview with us at the end and he wants to hear it. But there, to our knowledge, there is no interview set up yet. So that's really running the risk that Denver or Houston or Carolina is just right. like, you know what? You don't need the Cardinals haven't even set up an interview with you. You don't want to talk to them. I just in life, Wolf, and I've learned this lesson the hard way before. If you're going to go for something, you can't like halfway do it. You actually have to go for it. Yeah, no, you're you're right about that. You have to go for it, Luke. Um, just the way Monty Ossenfort went for it. <laughs> okay, and yeah. all of a sudden he's the general manager, and because of that, I, I don't see Sean Payton coming into a situation where he's going to be subject to a first-year general manager that he doesn't have any experience with. Does that make sense? Yeah. Counterpoint. Could you not say, though, that if you're Sean Payton, you might feel like you still have a good amount of power because it's not like they brought in this super established sure. GM? Sure. I, I, that's just me. My opinion. I don't see that working. I think you're probably right. You throw in the <laughs> fact trying to play devil's that advocate. Sean Payton wants huge money and it just doesn't seem feasible to me just as your head coach. Head coach and general manager, maybe you could play that off, right? Maybe you could, yeah. you could massage that. Divide the cost a little but, bit, yeah. uh, Just as your head coach. And I, I will admit it, it bummed me out because I had my heart set on Peyton coming in here and changing everything. But I will say this, when it comes to my philosophy of football, once again, I, I'm more in line with Monty Ossenfort and his culture than I am Peyton's. Provided Monty Ossenfort, of course, sticks to his guns. And pursues a kick you in the face culture. That's what I want. I want that more than anything else. Football. Kick you in the face. Here we go. I have to think that's what Michael Bidwell and probably the, the some of the remaining guys in that locker room like Buda Baker want too, because again, if you're gonna go through the breakup, you usually go with the opposite when you come out of the breakup, right? They were not a team that pushed other teams around last year. Like they weren't a pushover, but they won four games, and there were games where it felt like the other team was just like, "Yeah, we can we can out physical the Cardinals." It seems like there's going to be a point of emphasis on making sure that doesn't happen again going forward. That it's going to be this detail oriented. We're all on the same page. We're not going to beat ourselves like Zoe was saying earlier. If you want to beat the Arizona Cardinals, you're going to have to come in here and, and rip it away from us. We're not going to go one in 12 in a 13 game stretch at home again. Like stuff like that needs to just be gone. And, and this is your chance to clean it up and do that. But I don't think Sean Payton would have, uh, 
I don't think he would have hurt that process. It's no. just how much it's, are you going to have to give up for him? Again, it's a situation where I do love Sean Payton and thought that, whoa, that'd be great. The Arizona Cardinals, here they were, the only organization where the general manager position was open and the head coach. No, that was like they're in. And it's, yeah, and, and who knows? Maybe it's a situation where even Sean Payton doesn't want to do that anymore. Doesn't want to mess with the general manager's side. It just wants to be the coach. Now, can you pay a guy 20, <laughs> $23 million a year I'm just sure to somebody be your coach? I don't know about that. You can in college. Uh, no, look, I, I, the thing is, what you're saying of like having not having a GM up until this week was kind of an advantage over the other teams yeah. in the race. 100% it was. But it's not like these other teams don't have GMs. Like, you're not behind them now in that regard. You're just sort of even with them. So he's not really going to have that opportunity unless somebody does something crazy to be the GM. He's just going to have to just be the coach. But you're right. He may still want to get paid like he's being the GM and the coach, even if he's just the coach. Like, maybe he sits down and he's like, hey, look, yeah. I'm not an ego guy. I don't need to be the GM. <laughs> but can you still pay me like I'm the GM, too? <laughs> Yeah, I again, um, I, I think the odds of Sean Payton coming here are slim to none as I sit right here. Nobody's told me this. I'm not a reporter based on earnings. I don't talk to people. I don't ask a lot of questions. I, I don't do that. But right now, just reading the the information that we have at our disposal, it just doesn't feel like Sean Payton is an option. Uh, Anquan Bolden, when he was on with us yesterday, said, you know, despite the fact that right now it's mostly defensive minds that they are looking at, he said typically in a situation like this, the team trying to build around a quarterback is going to go with an offensive coach. What most teams are doing now, they're, especially when you have a, a quarterback that you've just paid, um, who's the face of the franchise, you know, most organizations, when they have that, they, they usually bring in a, a coach who's quarterback friendly, usually an offensive guy, um, somebody who they feel like can can take that guy to the next level. Because you hear around the league um, all the time, like that's the most important position in football, right? Um, so I, I believe that's what they will do. I'm wondering if, as they cast that wide net, like Michael Bidwell said they were going to do, and it seems like we hear about another new name or two every day right now, uh, I'm wondering when we're going to start to hear more offensive names. Because right now, the only offensive name, if they're not, if Sean Payton is too expensive in their minds, it's Frank Reich. That's the only offensive name we've really heard. Yeah, Frank Reich. Could you be the offensive coordinator here, please, Frank? Could you do that? Oh, that would be great. That would be, that would be so cool. Um, would he be interested in that? that that's the thing. That's like, what I, I want to know. I keep writing that off. Like, oh, that's that that would work out too perfectly. You got Brian Flores as the coach and Frank Reich as the OC. But if he's not going to get another head coaching job right now, why yeah. wouldn't he be open to that? Why wouldn't he be open to that? Is right. Uh, Matt Ryan was he? <laughs> um, let's see. You think about a Carson Wentz. As well, right? Carson Wentz was his quarterback. He's had every quarterback. And I'm just wondering if, in fact, that is going to be the case going forward. Would he love the opportunity to work with Kyler Murray? Would he love the opportunity to introduce some of the schemes that he probably has not been able to run because of the quarterback talent he had? Yeah, he was. He's the guy that went to Indianapolis expecting to have Andrew Luck, right? And he just had him for a year, and then he had every other quarterback in football. That would be the the perfect, the best case scenario would be Sean Payton. If that's really not going to happen, 
than having a Brian Flores or whoever you like as a as a really good high end defensive coach with Frank Reich as your offensive coordinator. Based on the names that we're hearing out there right now, that would be the best case scenario. I just I don't Fantastic. know how realistic it is. Uh, Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and so much more returns to Tempe Beach Park February 25th and 26th. Tickets just went on sale. You can head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win those tickets. All right, when we come back, back to basketball. More national critics are weighing in, and they don't seem to love what DeAndre Ayton's putting on film right now. What would this do to his value if they were actually looking to trade him? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Sunday, presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I got a good one at Footprint Center tonight, 8 o'clock tip. Suns, Nets, no Durant, no Chris Paul, but uh, but you do get Cam Johnson back if you are the Phoenix Suns. Maybe this is the game. It's, it's funny, we were talking before the show, Wolf. This was the game everybody circled in the summer. Oh, look, the NBA schedule makers have a sense of humor. They put a Suns-Nets game just a couple days after January 15th when the Suns can officially trade DeAndre Ayton. Oh, okay, let's, let's, we're going to be checking back in mid-January to see how are the Nets doing, how are the Suns doing. Now it feels like a big game for a different reason. Maybe this is a turning point for the Suns as they start to get guys back, and maybe you can start winning some games again. Maybe it's a turning point because if they're going to look like the Phoenix Suns, and have their players back out there. This is a first step tonight, as far as I'm concerned, with Cam Johnson coming back. Yeah, it's That's it's got to be. It's got. They, they've won one of their last ten games. They've won one of their last ten games. They're two and twelve in their last fourteen. They're five and seventeen in their last twenty-two. It's time to start winning some basketball games. We'll see how much Cam Johnson can impact that right out of the gate. Uh, we got into this a little bit earlier, but we didn't get to play all the clips. So I'm going to run through these pretty fast. This is Chris Vernon and Kevin O'Connor on the Mismatch podcast. And I'm going to fire off as many of these as I can. It's, it's talking about DeAndre Ayton and just the Suns' future now in general. You've got Ayton's name that's kind of back out there again. That's who they got to get rid of is DeAndre Ayton. He's been the biggest disappointment. He yeah. said it himself, pre-draft, Chris. My NBA goal is to get to my second contract. He got yeah. a second contract, and he's been lazy. He's not put in the same effort that he ever has in recent years. He was playing for the deal, it feels like, to me, watching him this year. And I like DA. I love DA, what he grew into for Phoenix. But this version of him, it, it, You'd it move is. You'd move off it. It's an embarrassment. All right, here's more. This team needs him without Chris Paul and Devin Booker. You're the guy who needs to step up. You're the guy who needs to box out Steven Adams and put a body on him and try to grab some rebounds. Yeah. And not, not play so soft. It's, it's honestly, I, I can't imagine what it must be like to be Chris Paul or Devin Booker when you've had to be on his ass for years to get him to hustle consistently. Then he gets paid. And then in a moment where your, your team needs you, he doesn't mm-hmm. step up. I mean, my goodness, I, I don't, I can't imagine what it's like to be one of those guys right now. How the frustration they must feel watching Aiton play on the floor, especially against Adams. What a dramatic difference with the level of effort between those two guys. That is Kevin O'Connor right there talking about DeAndre Aiton, and he's talking about a mad king, what he just described to you. It's a guy that is wildly into, it's just wildly talented. You can have an old king, you can have a young king, you just can't have a mad king, is the old coaching axiom. 
And when you've got a guy that can't consistently bring his talent to the floor night in and night out, it can cause real problems in that locker room. And it's my suspicion. I love D.A. I really do. It's my suspicion that that is the case right now. Yeah, to be fair to D.A., None of his teammates have said that. Ever. None of his teammates have, like, anonymously said that. I mean, how many times have we heard guys anonymously say something about Kyler Murray that brings up concerns about leadership? And that doesn't mean that stuff's true either. I tend to put a lot more stock in what somebody says with their name attached to it. I just want to jump in here and say, when I talk about Kyler Murray and I talk about DeAndre Ayton, I'm talking about how they go out and compete, what they do, okay, how they do it. It's not the numbers. It really is not. It's, it's how they go about their business. DeAndre Ayton is a guy that lacks effort. I don't think Kyler Murray goes out there and doesn't give you effort. I think he does give you effort. I'm talking about in between the lines. When you go out and you compete, DA seems disconnected a lot of the times. This isn't news to anybody. We've talked about this for years now. That's not the way I feel when I watch Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's been to two Pro Bowls. Now, the fact that he was actually playing in a Pro Bowl game doesn't matter. The fact he was elected to one and two, to be exact, does matter. Because that is picked by your peers. Coaches count for a third, and then players. That counts for a third as well. And then fans for a third. Two-thirds of it, players and coaches voting him into the Pro Bowl. You think they're just voting him in there? That doesn't count? Well, it does when the NFL is picking their all-decade team. That much, I'll tell you. Well, the part of that Kevin O'Connor clip that (laughs) it's hard to just gloss over is... The he what he said of, of DeAndre Ayton when he got drafted said I'm I'm playing for my 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 second contract. Now I said this earlier. I think anybody that has covered this team or follows this team knows that DA just kind of says stuff sometimes. So I'm not I'm not going to put a ton of stock into the fact that he said it because I, what I like about DA is that he's he doesn't have a filter all the time. So he just says that it was draft night, right? It was it was right when he got drafted. So okay. But the problem is, this season he has looked like a guy that was playing for a second contract, got paid, and is not bad, but is not getting better. And that's what's concerning, because when they went to the NBA Finals a couple of years ago, he I don't think he got enough credit for what they did. And for me, going into last season, I remember saying this on this show, he doesn't have to be what we saw in the playoffs, all 82 games, but is he going to be that guy 50, 60 games of the season, and then is he going to be that guy every playoff game? It kind of feels like he's regressed or at best just leveled off this year. Kevin Oak. That's that's disappointing because for the last month and a half, they haven't had any of their players. He could have taken over. Yes, Kyler Murray took a step back this year as well in year four. Yeah, it's irritating. But again, I don't sit there and say it's because of a lack of effort. And when I watch D.A., that's what I see. And that's what's dangerous, space and audience. That's what is. When you've got a guy that is so wildly talented and all his teammates that are playing around him knows that. They all know this guy, this guy's the sickest dude in this locker room. And yet he can't bring that sickness, metaphorically speaking, of course, night in and night out. Why? You, you ask yourself that question. You, you start to ask yourself that question over and over. Why? And the answer is obvious. He just doesn't care enough to do it. Or he doesn't know how. Hey, try hard.
Well, How about that? that that's the thing. This, this is not a... You're not asking him to this? develop a skill. You're just asking him to push harder. Yeah, I'm just saying that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's the effort love. Try harder. Here, here's another clip from the uh, mismatch, and uh, and you know to to not just pile on Da. He's not all at fault here. We talked about it weeks ago with yeah. Phoenix. They don't just have a lot of guys who can you know do what some of the Boston or Denver guys do. When you're mm-hmm. talking about some of the other best teams in the league or Memphis guys, where there's just a bunch of guys who can handle the ball, you know, attack a closeout, make the right pass. Phoenix doesn't have a lot of guys who can initiate offense, make those type of plays. You know, as a secondary creator, that's what they're really missing. It's not just on Aiton here. It's really at the end of the day a poor constructed roster at this current moment. I feel like I've, I've had to, and, I, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, I Whoa. feel like we've all had to sort of change <laughs> our expectations or, our, or, you know, whatever the bar we've set for DA, but to me, Wolf, now, and I think it's the third time I've had to do this, I'm willing to switch it to, what does he do for you in the playoffs? But the problem is, the Suns aren't in a playoff spot right now, and I just, I can't get past the last month and a half. Man. That's That's the one part. It's like, I, the door was open, man. Take over. Take, maybe the team doesn't even win anymore, but you take over the games. Just think of 64, the amount of wins they had in last year's regular season. 64 wins. And then think of what he just said, Kevin O'Connor. Think of that. Yeah, I, I what don't. What he just said. Uh, I, what? I, I, don't, I don't buy that. This is I not don't a buy that roster. I, 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 as a matter of fact, it makes me start looking at him like, you know, the stuff he said on DA might even be. <laughs> He's a, he's a pretty good basketball guy, but I, I don't... This is not... Have they made mistakes? Yes, Tyrese Halliburton. They've made mistakes. And Jalen Smith, I still yeah, don't understand why he's just gone. You know what or, every team does. But but either way, the roster at full strength is not a flawed roster. Even if you're down on DeAndre Ayton, <laughs> you can see how this roster fits together. And if you're like, well, but I'd have to see it actually play out. I don't want hypotheticals. Then go back two years. They almost won the NBA title. <laughs> I don't know, man. That one got me a little sideways, Luke. He had me right there when he was talking about, <laughs> I don't I know, that clip. DA's got to step up. He's got to box out. He's got to grab rebounds. He's soft right now. Um, Yeah, that is the how. How does DA compete? But now all of a sudden you're talking about the what of the roster construction? Like, this team has no talent whatsoever. It is just an abomination the way that it's structured. So they won 64 games, largely. Okay, Jay Crowder is not here. And that's a weird, and there have been some missteps, but I'd I'd be more concerned if I were a Clippers fan that the Clippers are as healthy as they're going to be. Kawhi doesn't play every night, but they're, you know, they're basically, this is the version that they tried to put together, and they're one game ahead of the Suns. I'd rather have the team that has guys coming back and won 64 games with these guys last year. Now, we did the math earlier. That might, <laughs> you only have so many games left this season to actually move up the standings. You may need to go like 30 and 7 down the stretch to make a significant move into the top four. But I'd rather have the team that has the upside. And the Suns have more upside still than a lot of these teams outside of the very top teams. I mean, we have to be realistic here. Memphis, New Orleans, Golden State, maybe even Denver, I think, have more upside right now than the Suns. But the Suns' upside isn't that low. No, just get 80% of your starters back in the lineup on a regular basis. That would help, huh? All right, we come back over to football. What should the Cardinals do with that third overall pick? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.